Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. The first episode of 2023, and I wish I could tell you it was all fun and games, but uh, Rider Nation right now, feeling exactly how we ended in 2022, not too happy. We're going to get into a lot of stuff here uh, on this episode. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. And boy, do I got a deal on a house for you guys. I got a guy willing to flip a house immediately, needs to get rid of it, had a little trouble with his uh, moving to Regina, but don't worry, like we can flip this house now. It's a sell, it's a buyer's market. Does the house come with its own chef? Uh, possibly. Perfect. Painted though, right? <laughs> By the ultimate warrior. <laughs> uh what's next um you can follow us on twitter at piffles pod you can give me a follow at real alex d you can find me at sapamod and once again in the year 2023 i do not need nor want your pity follows at greg on sports piffles podcast of course is brought to you by our great friends at dairy queen on elphinstone street and sass drive in regina okay we (laughs) we have so much to get to time for this opening kickoff it's funny again oh man okay well let's start with some good news some good news immediately after our uh, last episode of 2022 where we said uh we talked about nick marshall was he a must keep and we were the consensus that we'd like to have him back but not necessarily a must keep uh well the next day they signed him or like two days later they signed him so uh, Nick Marshall back with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which uh, is going to help with that continuity. Yeah, I know. My screen's weird. I see it. Okay. Oh, there you, you go. Just, hey, you look better weird. before, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Greg's back. Um, but keeping Nick Marshall, um, you know, <laughs> keeps the continuity with the uh, with the backfield on the defense. And that's a, that's a good thing, especially when Jeremy Clark still hasn't been signed yet. Um, so... I think we're all going to be pretty happy about that Nick Marshall signing. Nick Marshall, like we said in 2022 and pretty much every year he's been here, you live by the sword, die by the sword. The the guy is good for a spectacular pickoff and maybe a touchdown, but when he has a bad game, it's a bad game. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's back. He's an awesome uh, cover guy, especially for a guy who played quarterback in college. He's one of those guys you you needed to bring back, not necessarily a must sign, but important to the back end of the defense. And with with the guys that we might lose over the next few weeks in free agency, you need to keep some of those names that people remember. Those those names you're going to see on the back of jerseys, because if you lose a whole bunch of those. Eh. Well, we're going to talk about a few of those in a minute here. Um, as for the other signings, honestly, it's been a lot of guys that nobody's ever heard of before. Guys coming from college in the States and 
some practice roster players like BJ Emmons running back uh, the other day. Um, but honestly, that's, there's been no major signings, no nothing from O'Day and the riders going into 2023. And now we're less than a month away from free agency. I know a lot of people are getting pretty antsy about uh, who's coming, who's going. I don't know. I'm pretty excited about BJ. Nothing. I have a very inappropriate joke right now. I that was the, make... that was the cleanest I could make it. Okay, now that we're all adults again, we can uh, move on here. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys currently on the roster who may not be uh, on the roster in the next little bit. Shaq Evans was on the sports cage on CKRM and basically said he doubts he's going to be back with the Riders in 2023 as he hits free agency. Didn't you say that he's, last time too? Like, he I had he to... gonna... Well, he didn't. He didn't really say that he wasn't going to be here. He said that he was going to probably hit free agency and see what else is out there. But this ain't saying he doubts he's back. That's, I mean, for considering Duke Williams probably isn't going to be offered a contract here, and that was a sayonara at the end of the last year to Duke Williams. It was pretty obvious they're not going to bring him back. Now Shaq as your de facto number one receiver. Now he's not coming back. Ooh, I'm good with I'm good with that if they go out and get Geno Lewis. But really, was Shaq the number one receiver? Maybe he's your number one deep threat. But as long as KSB does not go south, KSB is going to be the de facto number one. Uh, it's going to. I think the the most interesting signing free agent for the receivers is going to be: Are they going to bring Swerve back? I I pretty much figured Shaq was done after this past year. I just don't think he's done enough since his injury to justify the money he thinks he is. He still thinks he's a top three receiver in this league, and he he very well could be on a healthy year, but I I don't see it. He's one of those guys that I wouldn't have had on my list of guys you have to bring back. I'm I'm surprisingly less upset about that than I would have been probably two, three years ago. He just hasn't been the same over the last couple of seasons. Injuries have taken their toll. He hasn't put up numbers that make him worth the money. I'm, I'm okay with him going out somewhere else and having himself a, a show-me year. We can't, we can't afford that this year. My issue with losing him as well, though, is let's say Kyron Moore goes and KSB does sign an NFL deal. Who do you have? There's Honestly, very, the, very the receiving core, when she, Tevin Jones looked good in that receiving core last year. Like, I have no problem sliding him into Shaq's spot. He's not ready to be a one or a two, though. There's no way. He did, he, he, this potential for this, when you look at the potential for this team next year, we're already going to be a bunch of number twos. Having having these guys, you know, get their shot to build for 2024 isn't a bad thing. Because nothing about this roster is is exciting at all. I I want to dig into that a little bit later on. Um, just with how you'd want to build this roster. And that's going to be based around the quarterback uh, talk we'll have a little bit later. Um, Darnell Sankey and Larry Dean. It sure seems like they're definitely not coming back. J.O. pushed uh, himself. Like, yeah. Jeremy O'Day is uh, lowballing them. I don't know if that was because he thought he'd be in on the Bo Levi sweepstakes. 
since Bo Levi promised everybody that he'd go to free agency. He didn't, obviously, signing with Hamilton the other day for three years. But at least in terms of Darnell Sankey's position, from what you've seen from him on social media, he's very he's feeling very disrespected right now with what the Riders have offered him, and I can't see him coming back. When a player puts out on social media that basically, I think I'm paraphrasing, but pretty close. It's if you don't respect me, I don't respect you. That's all you need to know. It's probably too late. And whatever number they, he has in his mind has probably gone up after whatever the writers initially offered him, which is not good. But then again, we've heard this in the past about, Jeremy O'Day's negotiating style. It's low ball, low ball, low ball, and then the players get mad and walk away. So I don't know. Losing Darnell Sankey is probably the biggest loss this team will take in the offseason. To me, he was he should have been up there with the uh, most outstanding defensive players last year. He was arguably the only guy that showed up 18 weeks last season he was there every game making hits making plays i hate this decision if he's moving on i think it's a big mistake but they they do say linebackers are a dime a dozen much like running backs this team has never had an issue filling linebacker roster spots but when you've got a guy like that don't throw him away and if they're lowballing him that's just ridiculous I wonder and if the strategy here from Jeremy O'Day is, okay, maybe we can let Sankey walk because he's obviously going to want to raise and we don't want to pay that much. Like you said, Steve, they have no, usually don't have problems finding linebackers. And maybe we keep Larry Dean. Larry Dean's the replacement there in the middle. You have Derek Moncrief as your cover linebacker. And guess who's coming back next year? Micah Tights. So... There's your your outside guy, and Tights isn't losing a roster spot, not with how he played in 2021. Sorry, uh, yeah, 2021. Um, I wonder if that's the that's the thinking that we can afford to lowball him. If he takes it, great, because he really wants to be here. And if he doesn't, oh well, we have Micah here, and we can find another guy making 60k to come in and earn a spot. But here's my problem. When you got a guy at the caliber of Darnell Sankey, if you're going in lowballing him, you've already shot yourself in the foot. The the man knows his worth. Like it's not like he came off a bad season. Like the team had a bad season, but he had a great one individually. So how go, going in low is not good. You uh, he's the player that you throw a fair deal at. And hope he takes that and doesn't ask for too much of an increase. I I I don't get J.O. when he does stuff like this. All right. Well, let's uh, move over to a positive, and uh, it's on the receiver front, uh, potentially. Uh, Naaman Roosevelt, back with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as an offensive assistant, not, to, not the wide receiver's coach, uh, but an assistant. Uh, so that's really cool to have him back. And back in, in Ryderville, where he belongs, um, hopefully this is the start of a, a really long coaching career for him. And I think, I mean, the guy knows the CFL game. 
to come in and help receivers out and help quarterbacks out, whatever he can do is going to be a big addition to this team's offense, regardless of who's running it. It was a, it was a great hire, even just PR wise. Naaman is beloved in this market. So it's always great to see those guys come back, especially if they are trying to, as he's trying to expand his uh, CFL coaching experience. Uh, I look forward to see what he can do with the receivers out there or even just on the offense in general. Let, let's be honest. We can't really have much of a worse offense than last year. This this is going to be a great building opportunity for him to really pad his resume and go, look what I did with this team. They were trash last year. Now they're a top seven offense in the CFL, right? Like it's, I like it. Like you said, he's a big name here in the city. Good guy. Yeah. Well liked, I'm all for it. If you're not gonna, you know, do a bunch of free agent stuff, you got to get the positive PR somehow. And this wasn't a, this was this was a home run by, the the coaching staff. Uh, he was one of the reasons why Chad Kelly came up to the CFL in the first place, and maybe that could be something for 2024. That is such Saskatchewan. a that entire Chad Kelly Saskatchewan thing is just weird. I have no idea what he's thinking, but talking like that. But, uh, it's almost, uh, it's almost tampering, which is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious on that. He, can he say whatever he wants about other markets and it's the team that can't approach him. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. So he, he can yeah. sit there and say, you know, I would love to play in Saskatchewan, but if the riders were to say, you know, we'd love to have Chad Kelly here. They're, they're, then One tampered. of those is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no real interest in Chad Kelly. He seems like the kind of guy that he's going to take his run to the NFL the first chance he gets. And all power to him. That's uh, not, not, you never hold a guy back from that. But he's, he's got the name and the, the school recognition to get that, to get that chance earlier than some other guys might. I I feel like that might not be a great long-term signing and he's always said that he's using the cfl to get back to the nfl yeah. clearly he doesn't want to stick around he's, he's just another nathan rourke who who saw the cfl as an <laughs> unexpected pit stop easy i'm gonna start calling you terry jones oh boy Jeez. um Speaking of somebody who did all the right things and then decided to shoot his, shoot himself in the foot on the way out the door. <laughs> to a place he's never going to start either. He's never going to play in Jacksonville. Anyway, right? uh, I mean, we're all happy for him. And that's actually not a bad spot for him to be. He's got Henry Burris there uh, in Jacksonville. And Trevor Lawrence, um, who really took a huge leap this year in his second year taking the Jags to the playoffs um but I mean you're one play away from going in and starting on a pretty decent team and it's a team where he is he can fight for the clear number two spot there's no there's no verified backup there there's no top three quarterbacks there there's Trevor Lawrence and whoever else they throw a shirt on that day it's just it's Trevor Lawrence's team and his top three choices were Vegas, Cleveland, and Jacksonville. And I'm pretty sure Jacksonville over Cleveland would win anytime. Yeah, no quarterback ever wants to go to Cleveland. No. As proven by how many quarterbacks they've gone through. 
What is that one guy's jersey that had like 50 names on it? Yeah. Just ridiculous. <laughs> but I, I'll never like I'll never fault Rourke for going south. And I said that. Like you you can't no you can't no player in today's modern football era says the CFL is their dream. I'm sorry. Maybe it's a part of their dream, but if they get a chance to go to the NFL, they're going there. And it's, we we need to just accept that. Yeah, we're not, we're not a farm league. We are our own separate entity. But the money's in the NFL, and I'll never fault a guy when the average career of a football player is three years. Make the money while you can. Yep. Um. Okay. We'll stick with the quarterback situation here. Bo Levi Mitchell signing in Hamilton, three-year deal over 500K per year, uh, is the second highest quarterback behind Zach Caleros. We, I, I feel like we all knew he was going to sign there. If you're Hamilton, you don't make that trade for his rights without saying, this is our guy. We're going to make sure we meet him wherever he wants to be. This is this is the guy that's going to lead us to a home gray cup in 2023. That's what Hamilton's thinking. They got the deal done. Which I'm actually surprised it uh, it took as long as it did. Well, apparently he it, a lot of the negotiation was done in Hawaii uh, on a family vacation. Yeah, poor Scott Mitchell. Oh, yeah. you know what, Bo? I'll I'll come out to Hawaii and come talk to you, and we'll figure something out. Oh, geez, got to write off a Hawaii trip now. Jeez, shucks. <laughs> he does realize they make Zoom now, right? Like. He didn't have to go to Hawaii. No, it's 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 a good personal thing to go meet the guy in person, right? Like you 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 gotta do that, right? You know, for all the things Hamilton gave up in that trade, he he deserved a nice warm vacation to to get the deal done. Because they they gave up a lot of picks in that a fourth or a first was it a third and a sixth, and then a second next year too. That's uh, a, a first, lot of capital. A first and a third this year, and I think it's a second and a fourth next year. But yeah, even if 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 two of those draft pick hits for like hits for Calgary, they're laughing. If any of them hits, they're they're getting literally something for a guy they wanted gone. Yeah. But for so, a first, even a first was pretty a pretty decent conditional pick but four picks including a first and a second that's that's a lot of value for uh for a guy walking out the door all right well we'll talk more quarterbacks here in a minute um that's the opening kickoff presented by kathy festion of royal royal page regina realty um the churchill brewing company odds and end zones we're going to do a little quarterback prediction here for who's going to go where and who's going to come to Saskatchewan here in a minute. But I want to talk about Jeremy O'Day on the quarterback situation. One of his interviews um, during the the winter GM meetings that they just had last or this month said that the quarterback on the roster could be someone that we aren't expecting. So what what if we're not expecting anyone good? Yes. (laughs) I mean, the obvious play here is to trade for Dane Evans rights. Because when you look at who's potentially available, even though Dane Evans is not a free agent, he's the best quarterback available right now. That's not saying a lot because I think Dane Evans, I like the man. I really, really do. He's got a fantastic story of getting to the CFL and he did show promise, but he was on a very 
solid team and absolutely crumbled when given the full number one spot. If I'm Jeremy O'Day, I'm not I'm not offering a whole lot because Hamilton's going to have to cut him. Why even trade for his rights, though? Like, you, you look around, if Dane wants a, a legit shot at starter, unless Machocha completely screws up the Harris re-signing, no one's looking for a starter besides us and possibly um, Toronto if they want someone to challenge Kelly if MBT does retire, which still is not official yet. Everyone else is set. We're literally the only ones going around. Like, who's our quarterback? But you trade for his rights for the same reason that Hamilton traded for Calgary's. You get the if the, if if he's the guy that you want, assuming he is the guy that you are going after, you want to get in his ear before anybody else has a chance to. I get it, but what does anyone have to offer Dane Evans besides a backup role? At least we can say ours is an open open competition. Unless Dane wants to go sit behind Mazzoli again and get in anytime Mazzoli needs to change a pace, maybe that's his option. But I don't see why Dane, why you need to go out and trade for his rights when you know either Hamilton's going to release him, or like it just it makes no sense to me to even offer anything to trade for his rights. I don't when, think you give up a ton of capital. I think you're looking at a a mid to back end of the draft type trade you're not you're not giving up a first second and third like uh like calgary did but honestly a third round pick if again assuming you're oday and he's the guy you want he's the only guy you're going after that's when it makes sense but really what's the difference between dane evans right now and garfield's owner uh john arbuckle absolutely (laughs) nothing exactly and you don't have to trade trade anything for arbuckle the only way it makes sense is if that's your guy. If they look at him and say, we want him as our starting quarterback, you make some kind of deal happen. But on the flip side, the the rider, if the riders do make that trade, they don't have, or Dane Evans doesn't have to take a pay cut. If they release him, then at least there's a, an easy discussion to be had, but I don't know. It's going to be an interesting few weeks, at least now. Uh, one other thing that Jeremy O'Day said, which was, uh, it really got my ears perked up. They were talking about the offensive line. Jeremy O'Day, of course, the former offensive lineman here in Saskatchewan, said that they're focused on the O-line, but the issue is not as bad as we think it is. Um, worse. Jeremy, I don't know how much football you watched last year, but uh, the issue was the O-line, and that issue was really effing bad. Really, really bad. People I trust said our O-line play wasn't that bad. They gave up a lot of sacks, but the general play wasn't that bad. Was it all on the O-line? No, of course not. There was a lot on Cody Fajardo and his happy feet and not knowing what to do, and I think he deserves a brunt of of it as well. Believe me, I'm not saying saying we had an exceptional O-line by any means. There's definitely room for improvement, and I hope they make some right decisions on who needs to go and who needs to stay. But yeah, like it's not as it wasn't everything. People that are blaming the entire O-line, it's not. It was bad, but it's not. There's two players but, but on the other O-line. Than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? I mean, let's, let's be honest here. It was that bad. 
whether the whether the play was up to snuff or not, the numbers don't lie. We gave up near on 80 sacks. We gave up more sacks in the season than any rider team in history. Our off our the only time we succeeded, the only time we did well was running the ball. So yes, on that side of the ball, or on that side of the game, they were adequate. But there there's nothing there that makes me think this line was anything less than subpar. There's two guys on that offensive line I'd even consider bringing back for this year. Darren Clark, which a couple of years ago you never would have heard me say, and Logan Furland. That's it. The rest of them, goodbye. I'd rather start from scratch. And I'm I'm willing to 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 deal with growing pains if you're going to have young guys starting that's fine it's it's going to happen you're going to have miscommunications you're going to have them getting bullied by veterans in the middle and and whatnot i get that that's fine i have no problem with that but this 2022 team was coming off two straight west final appearances this was not supposed to be a bad team this was the o-line was a big big problem and that's because of jeremy o'day and what he basically didn't do for the team. And I said it before, and... I o- O'Day didn't plan well, but he had a lot of things that, po- like, a, bu- a bunch of things he didn't expect. He didn't expect Blue not, he, he, I swear to God, he thought Blue was coming back. He did not yeah. expect early retirements from a few guys. He didn't yeah, expect, Matt got, Riley, that's yeah. fine. He, he didn't expect, uh, guys not to come back the COVID season and just not be the same. Like it happens, but he didn't do anything to fix it. He just assumed it would come together. You you sit and you watch Dakota Shepley go to the NFL. You watched Bladek and um, Blake. Blake He let let them go. That that was one of his biggest mistakes. He thought he had a bunch of stuff in the cupboard and when they walked, we were screwed. But that's, that's the point. He, he let these guys walk away. He let, I mean, he didn't let Bledek or uh, Shepley go to the States, but he left and they did nothing to try and improve that line. So it, yes, there was a couple of things that went wrong or that he couldn't have planned for, but there was a lot that could have been improved. And when you sit and watch that team go through what it went through for three months of the year and continue to do nothing, there's a problem there. And it gives me no hope that they're going to look at fixing it for this year. I mean, See, well, I just have no expectations. And I'm and the optimist here. And that's my biggest issue is Jeremy O'Day <laughs> being an offensive lineman himself. You would think that he would see this play and realize, okay, we got it. Even if you have to go Chris Jones style and just bring in guys all the time. How many times did they trot out? The hell was the right tackle that couldn't uh, block? I can't even remember the guy's name. Who was our right tackle for the first half oh. of the year? Campbell. Yeah, no, Nati- no, no, yeah. Rogers, Natai Rogers. Yeah, Natai Rogers. Yeah, god awful. And he trotted him out there. We knew after game three, game four, and they were four and one. They started the season four and one, and we knew in the first couple weeks this guy was not good. And he trotted him out there every single week. He did not do anything to address that problem. And then well, when and they jo- did, and Johnson on beside him wasn't any good either, though. Evan Johnson was terrible, and that the whole right side and the left tackle. Like I said, the only two guys I'd bring back are the center and the left guard. The, the other three were just – didn't matter who the other three were. They were terrible. But they didn't even bother trying to change it up. And they finally got rid of Rodgers. They're not trying finally. to make this team better. And Jeremy O'Day has – like, 
it's not as bad as we think it is. Like, like I said, I'm willing to deal with some growing pains if these are going to be your guys going forward and they do show the promise. These guys didn't show promise. Evan Johnson didn't show promise. He regressed big time. Yeah, We were hoping that uh, left tackle, oh, Taron Vaughn would be back from injury and would be healthy and, and back to his dominant self. Nope, that wasn't the case. Can't really fault J.O. for that. But come on, American tackles, just bring another guy in and see what happens. You got to go Chris Jones style at that point when you're still in a playoff race. You got to do that. You got to address that line, especially when Cody Fajardo would roll left every single time after his little spin move. You need a good left tackle out there. You need somebody out there. I I think I'm thinking. I want to say he thinks he's got some guys, some young guys that will step in. Like Bandy played not bad when Clark was out. Bandy was all right. Yeah, I th- I I think he's got high hopes for Zach Fry. I know I do. But yeah, they they're going to have to bring some guys in. They've brought in some Americans already that hopefully can play right away. But they're going to need to sign some veteran presence in the offseason here. Well, and the downside is Dan Clark is not a spring chicken at this point. He, you can't count on him being around, I don't know, past three years down the road. I, I'm I'm thinking that's that's being generous at this point. Probably. And we have, I mean, Bandy at least behind him is, is some depth there, but I don't know, guys. I, I don't know if I have it in me to be the, the homer of the season this year. I really don't. And don't get me wrong. I think MLS is going to be a good receiver. I have no idea why we didn't take a offensive lineman in that first round last year. That still blows my mind. How did BC take more players from Saskatchewan, U, U of S, than we did? And, and, and very solid players as well, too. Like, those were very good Huskies players. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like Jeremy O'Day, like, it's just, it seems like he's oblivious to the problem. And that, like, uh, I hope free agency can change my mind on that. I look at J.O.'s problem the same way I look at, like, guys that go from coordinator to uh, offensive coordinator or head coach. They're so micro-focused on their position, they don't see anything wrong with it. I think J.O. is still in that mindset where he looks at the offensive line and goes, you know, they're good. Like, you know, they I've been there. I know what they're dealing with. And by the time it's to do something, it's way too late. Hence the reason why we have Josiah St. John as our sixth every friggin' year. And he played good this year. The times he played, he was good. Well, he wasn't terrible. I don't know if I'd say he was good. Better than Johnson. That is the scale. Right. I'm grading yep. on a yep. bell curve. All right, that's fair. <laughs> All right, so so here now is, is my question for you guys with uh, Jer- if you're Jeremy O'Day and with the quarterback situation the way that it is. Do you spend your money on a quarterback? Dane Evans is probably the one out of all the quarterbacks that are available that's going to get paid the most. I'm not talking about Trevor Harris because I'm assuming that he resigns in, in Montreal. This is all assuming that he resigns in Montreal. Dane Evans is probably the guy you're going to go after. He's probably going to get paid the most out of all these guys. Do you spend the money on the quarterback? But then at that point, you have to sacrifice weapons around him, like your receivers, which apparently you're letting all your receivers go and going to go younger and cheaper there. And maybe sacrifice on the defense, like a Darnell Sankey. You lose that guy, but 
okay, we have our quarterback. Or do you spend that money on the defense, get lots of weapons on offense, like the BC Lions did last year, and go with a rookie quarterback who makes minimum salary, like the BC Lions did last year, who gave Nathan Rourke, and, and maybe he's a, maybe he's a bad example because, I don't know, like, we kind of knew, we saw him before in, in the 2021 season. So we kind of knew that he had some stuff. But do you go with a cheap quarterback? And we're seeing that in the NFL. If you have a Justin Fields, if you have a, a or sorry, a Justin Herbert, Justin Fields will eventually get there. But like Justin Herbert, you have uh, Patrick, Mah or Patrick Mahomes before his $50 million contract kicked in. Um, Joe Burrow, you have all these guys, Jalen Hurts. Chris Trevler. <laughs> Don't look on Steve's face. But you have these guys making rookie contracts, and you can load up around him. So if you're Jeremy O'Day, do you spend the money on the quarterback because you need a quarterback? Or do you spend everywhere else so that it doesn't matter who the quarterback is and you can go cheaper there and maybe find the next guy who's only making 65 k that's good we until the guy becomes the guy. We saw what happened to BC when they, we all laughed at them last offseason when they they signed Rourke to the 65 and, uh, and O'Connor and and then loaded that offense up with weapons for them. And we sat there going, you need a quarterback to throw him the ball. Now, granted, obviously, Nathan Rourke is a – that's a one-in-a-million hit. You're not going to pull in a lot of guys like that who just light it up. Uh, instantly but there's something to be said about about maybe getting that young guy on his rookie deal even if it is one of the guys we've got in the stables right now in uh is it levi lewis why can't i remember his name levi something Fine, or Dola Dola yeah. yeah levi lewis yeah that was right yeah. yeah levi lewis mason fine jake Dela you you've got options there and throw that money on that offense, rebuild the offensive line with with quality players, and and give it a shot. I mean, again, we can't really do much worse than we did last year. And these this coaching staff and and Jeremy O'Day need a home run. Their literal football lives depend on it at this point. Give it a shot. I like it. I like going with that young that young choice as opposed to, I don't want to see Dane Evans anywhere near this roster. Will you give up your season tickets too? It. What's that? Will you give up your season tickets too? Let's be honest. I will never give up my season tickets. I'm a sucker. Okay. Ryder fans. Can we please stop saying I'm giving up my season tickets if we sign X player? Like unless they're a mass murderer, just stop. You're not. And if you do, wow. All right. I'm done. That's my rant. I think it makes sense to go with a younger guy if you're going to actually admit that it's a rebuild. But they won't, and here's the problem. No. Jay Hose's last <laughs> deal, he's probably going to get another head coach, but yep. poor, uh, poor Dickie is going to be hung out to dry. Like He's going to have to make chicken sal salad a chicken poop here because I don't think he's going to be given the weapons to do anything but maybe squeak into the playoffs.
All right. Well, let's. Uh, I mentioned we we're going to talk quarterbacks and and where we think guys are going to go. So this is our quarterback, our official quarterback prediction. Now these are all free agents, um, except for the first couple. Okay. So Dane Evans, um, not technically a free agent. We said that already. Not yet, anyway. Depends on whether he gets cut from Hamilton or. They got to cut him. There's no. They can't keep both him and Bo. Not that much money. But he will be available. So, um, where does Dane Evans land? If not here, Ottawa. I think he's going to end up where behind with Mazzoli and um, the general manager whose name's escaping me right now. Burke. Yeah, Burke. Sean Burke. Steve? Oh, where do I? Sorry. I, uh, I can't really top that. That's the, the obvious two choices. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball and say he ends up in BC. I Just was for- actually going to, I was going to say BC because here's why. And I'm going, I'm jumping down the list here. This is who I think is going to be the Saskatchewan Rough Riders starting quarterback in 2023, Nick Arbuckle. Garfield's owner. I, re- I I called that a long time ago. Probably between I, us. I have no basis for this whatsoever, other than I don't think that they want Dane Evans. Dane Evans makes the most sense as he's the guy with the most upside. I, I guess so. Um, who's proven the most out of all the, the quarterbacks there. And I don't think that relationship with the team and Cody Fajardo is going to be able to be, be repaired. No way. So, at that point, honestly, if it were a choice between Dane Evans and Cody Fajardo, I'd just go and grovel. I'd go down to Reno and, and find Cody and and beg him to come back. I really would at that point. If it, if it was down between Dane Evans and Cody Fajardo, go with I'd, the just, devil I'd, rather, rather, I'd rather go with Cody. But I think that bridge is, is burned, and I just – weird feeling that Dane Evans doesn't come here. So I think it's going to be Nick Arbuckle. Like I said, I called I called Arbuckle a long time ago, and I stand by it. I'm looking at this list, and I'm like, "Oh, he ain't, he aren't a quarterback right now. He's a coach." But no, he 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 came back and said he wanted to go back to or get back onto the field. He doesn't want to coach anymore. Oh, He's... Will. Yeah. No, Will you aren't. you aren't a quarterback, Will. Um. Okay. Well, McLeod Bethel Thompson. Does he retire? I'm. Why hasn't he done it yet? That is the only thing that makes me wonder if he's having second thoughts. Why has he not retired yet? Why even wait to free agency? Like I don't get it. See what's out there. After winning a great cup, maybe he wants to see what kind of money he can. He can. I mean, I realize with uh, with his wife's line of work, I don't think he needs to to stress too much about uh, the extra money, but it can't hurt to to look at his options. If and anything, if he's got a free big deal doesn't come costs. around. If some big deal doesn't come around, he can just walk away from the game and life goes on. Right. Well, he's, I'd love I think that's what happens. I'd love to see him here in Saskatchewan. I really would. If he actually is available and he's not retiring and he's not going back to Toronto, if he actually hits free agency, if I'm Jeremy O'Day, I'm throwing everything at him. I think it was telling he's not going back to Toronto by the fact he didn't even show up to the Grey Cup thing. He called in via video. Like, he didn't even go to the Grey Cup parade. 
so I he's either done or he's just not going back to Toronto. He's got to he's got to be busy handling his law firm business on his you know his <laughs> off season. He only gets six months of the year to run McLeod Bethel Thompson and and Sons. Well, he, and Sons, he does have a child, so I think that's probably why he missed the Grey Cup raid and and wanted to go back home. And I I think I truthfully I think he retires, but like you, Greg, why wouldn't you have done it already? Well, uh, that that was the uh, that was the rumor going amongst the media going into Grey Cup week. The the Grey Cup was MBT's last hurrah, but then again, he went out with an injury. He didn't seal the deal, so maybe yeah. he's got that one last I can do this in in me. I guess we'll see. But if all that's right. the case, he ain't coming here. No, um, Trevor Harris. I think we're all probably going to agree he re-ups in Montreal. If he doesn't, he's an idiot. That's his best. That's his best spot for him. It makes Mach- sense. Machocha literally ran VA out of town for Trevor Harris. So, all right, and pretty much everybody else are all backups here. Matthew Schiltz. Um, I would actually like to see the Riders make a run for him. I thought he he did pretty well in Hamilton last year and and looked all right in Montreal the years before. I think if you if you are going the no name rookie route trying to find a guy in camp you sign him to push who you bring it who you got like he'll push fine he'll push dalagala he'll push lewis why not why not is about the the closest i can get to being excited about him coming to saskatchewan that's i've never gotten that that level of excitement from him that that some others seem to get but he is the okayest of quarterbacks He's gonna have one good preseason game. Steve's buying a jersey. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Uh, Dominique Davis. No. Hell no. Like seriously, no. Like no. no. Don't even he'll, bring he'll him. He'll be in BC or Ottawa. Um, Caleb Evans. If you bring sorry, if you bring Dominique Davis in, you bring him into platoon as a running back. Nothing more. In my and opinion, he just, he just set the record for most touch rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. And they were yeah. all from the one yard line. Congrats. You fell forward a lot. I'm proud of you. Your mother's proud of you. Please don't. Hey, play. It's better than some of the third down offense we tried. <laughs> Guaranteed six points of fantasy every single week. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, where was it? Caleb Evans from Ottawa. I never saw much in him. I, I, I could pass. Do not bring him in. He'd be a guy I'd bring in on a on a lower end deal. I think he has potential. I don't know how much of it, but I wouldn't be upset to see him as one of those bring him in and look guys. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in in a BC. I think that's more that offensive style, but with yeah. EA, I think that's. Going to be the offense they're going to run. So, uh, speaking of BC, Antonio Pipkin, I like him actually. I don't think I don't think he's a starter, but I like him as a veteran arm on the bench. Be a serviceable backup. Yeah. At, um, at best, yeah. And my favorite one on the list, Cody Fajardo. Where does he end up in twenty twenty three? 
Uh, Edmonton, just because it'd be funny. Um, <laughs> I think there's two places in Canada you can pretty much guarantee he won't be Saskatchewan and Edmonton. I think if Evans doesn't end up in BC, I think Cody heads that way. The other option, Calgary, maybe. I I don't know where else you could put him. It's not like he's going to back BC, up Bo. I think BC is the the clear front runner for for Cody's services. I don't see him really going anywhere else. He's going to want that shot as a starter. He's not getting it here. I think I think like you've said, we've burned, nuked, TNT that bridge. That bridge is long gone. I I think it, BC makes sense anywhere else, and he is the clear number two going into the season. And I don't see him wanting that. If if MBT retires, and Kelly is the heir apparent in Toronto, he might end up in Toronto. But BC and Toronto are the only places I can see. Maybe, like I said, maybe Calgary is a backup. I I can really see BC and Calgary. I can really see Calgary. I think that's where he ends up going. Um, for Calgary, it's almost a no lose situation to bring him in because you still get a veteran arm behind Jake Mayer and a guy who's been to multiple conference finals. And that's and where, it, and that's why I also see like, like, and that's basically the reason why I see him in Toronto too, because well, one, he was in Toronto before, and two, if you're going with Chad Kelly, you want a guy with a little bit of veteran experience behind him, and your choices are for Jardo or Ar- Arbuckle at that point, or maybe Dane Evans, but I don't see Dane Evans ending up in Toronto. I'm really just more intrigued on where. Eugene Lewis goes in free agency after he posted his oh his please Alan, here please Allen Iverson rant uh basically saying you're gonna let the or you're trying to make your team better by getting rid of the MVP because I'm the MVP why would you get rid of me yeah I'll make everyone better around me and, and he's well looking- and he, actually before he even did this he was asking has a receiver ever been a franchise guy immediately yeah. I'm like yeah Randy his name is Randy Moss well I like there was somebody that replied to that and said. Uh, it was Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, and he listed like seven guys. And I, I was like, I was going to reply. And I was gonna be like, the first seven guys you ha- you mentioned all had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. The only guy that make that ever stood out in the NFL anyway to me as a franchise player, as a receiver, was Randy Moss. Randy Moss made Dante Culpepper a bloody pro bowler. A multiple all-star. Yeah. That's UCF legend. Dante Culpepper. I just take every chance to mention UCF. Yeah. See, my my computer decided to hate hate you the minute UCF came out. Like, look at (laughs) see it went it went black and gold. I think it's uh, it's positive about that. Yeah. But Gino Lewis, he's looking for that uh, Kenny Lawler money. Who's gonna give it to him? Like, who's like? Don't get me wrong. Any all the teams in the league are gonna be tripping over themselves to get him. Who's actually going to give him that money though? And I think I think the wide receiver market resets itself this year because Kenny Lawler at, he he was good last year. He was not 300k last year. No. Duke Williams was the second highest receiver at 255. And we all saw what happened with him last year. Yeah. 
Now, I think obviously not being a Saskatchewan, Duke Williams is going to be a very good receiver somewhere else. Um, not worth 250K, though. I think he ends up in Edmonton. But Gino, I'm curious where he's going to end up. I would love to if, see him here. I don't know if they're going to throw the money at him. If I'm eight other teams, I'm I'm lining up. I'm doing everything I can to get Gino Lewis. That guy is a stud. If Saskatchewan is going cheap at, at quarterback, there's your answer right there. And if you still have KS, if KSB is still here, you've got Lenius, uh, McKinnis, I think you'll be okay. Could you imagine going from the Montreal nightlife to the Saskatchewan nightlife? Gabo's baby. Yay. I don't even know what other nightlife there is. Is there anything else other than Gabo's? Is the uh, drink still around? The, 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 you know what? The drink is now Ballers, yeah. and it's the first place that's lasted years in that building. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the pump's no longer around. JD's, like, bars I used to go to back in university no longer exist at well, all. Because you're old, Greg. The you're Owl. The, the Owl still exists because that lives is at the U of R, and it will never leave. That's it. They still... They still have the sign up for Bart's on Broad. I know. Monday I night was Coyote Ugly Night, people. Oh, that was the only only place you could go on Sunday nights was Bart's on Broad. Yes, I do. I also I know we we had we had a cycle. It was JD's, the Owl, Checkers, Bart's. Oh, Checkers! Jeez, you are dating yourself here. I am dating myself on that one. <laughs> the pump after the Checkers shut down, then it was JD's. Oh, not JD's. Um, the pump. Greg, what was it like to watch George Reed play live? It was great, actually. Uh, when Ronnie came, came uh, passed that ball to him, you, you knew you were getting it. <laughs> God, you're old. Uh, well, I hope the lead up to free agency is as fun as the, these last few minutes have been. Hey, if you guys want to talk old Regina bars, we can do it all day. <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully next time we get together, guys, we're talking about <clears throat> some actual signings here by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to bolster the team and, and keeping some of their key guys like Jeremy Clark and seeing who else they're going to gonna keep around from the 2022 team. I wonder who the, who's coaching this team because that's what's starting to scare we, me. Yeah, sorry, we didn't, didn't even say that. They're, they're not even done. They've, they've had it narrowed, narrowed down to their oh, last what? two positional coaches. Uh, the receivers coach and the, and the D-line coach. But like, nothing. I, you're getting to the end of January. You'd like to think you'd have these guys in place before free agency. Not that they're going to come in and, and dictate who you're going to sign, but if they have a relationship with some of these players or they can give you a little bit of intel saying, hey, this guy's really good at this, and if you're going to make that a priority of your team, maybe that's a guy you go after but you want to pick their brains a little bit more input. You can get the better. You'd think they'd have that in place by now. Hell I know of CFL teams that are signing coaches. They haven't announced yet either. Like maybe the writers are being quiet with theirs too, but this is ridiculous. Like get a, get a staff in place. We are literal weeks away from pre-agency. Given how many people turned the team down for the head coaching job. I wonder how many are looking at those, lower end positions going, I'm not coming out there for, you know, 
less than a co- coordinator's job. Well, that's that's the problem right now. Is we've got a lame duck head coach. We've got a first year offensive coordinator, like who was obviously their last choice. It's not looking good. We got a lame duck GM. I have no idea what the front office is doing. And if, hey, prove me wrong. But right now, this looks just like utter chaos, and they're just scrambling to basically put a team out this year. So the good news is we might be able to take uh, Curtis Rourke uh, first overall next year. <laughs> do it. Uh. I, I wish we had a rhyme like they do for the NHL, like dishonor for Connor. But I, I will come up with one by the middle of the season, I swear. Something Rigorous for Curtis. Rourke. Bork for Rourke? You're not allowed to use the term Bork after you made fun of me for using it earlier. <laughs> Get out of here. He, more, he, anyway. And with that... I think that's the end of this episode. <laughs> no, you know what? I got one. Lose another for Nathan's brother. <laughs> that's not bad. I kind of like bad. that. Not bad. Not bad. You I can chant that. Like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll work on that. See if there's anything better. That's our homework for ne- for uh, next episode. See if we can top that. If not, that's what we're going with. We're, we're, hey, we'll throw it out to the to the fans. To the fan who listens. So my kid who's listening to this, come up with a rhyme. And uh, the best one, we'll make shirts. Yeah. We'll wear them to games. I don't know. I like Bork for Rourke just because it pisses Steve off. <laughs> well, that's the Piffles Podcast. Of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive. And Regina, special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Here is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. Oh, wait, I got one. We're heavy for Strevy. <laughs> and now we're done. <laughs>